Welcome to Rise Up For You, a podcast focused on helping women get to the next step in life professionally and personally. Through our six pillars, relationships, investing, self-worth, career, love, and health, we focus on the whole woman. With interviews from global experts, teachers, authors, and more, we provide you with real strategy and tips that you can start implementing today in your career, relationships, and so much more. We are all about educating and empowering you to become your best self. And now your host, Natalina. Good morning, everyone. This is Natalina, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a little twist today in our podcast. So actually, I am going to be interviewed by Tony Black. She's the founder of Live Out Loud, and she has invited me on to her summit. And so today, we're going to be sharing that episode with you on how to break limiting beliefs and create unlimited success from yours truly. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode with host Tony Black. Hi, I'm Tony Black, and welcome to Living Out Loud. In this video series, we're talking about ways to unshackle your potential, unleash your passion, and become your own hero. In developing a sense of empowerment and confidence, it is essential to have role models in our lives. They keep us going, they show us the way, they're the flashlights and the cheerleaders and the exemplars. Today's guest is one of those amazing pillars. She is powerful, confident, she's brilliant. She wants to encourage you to rise up and step into life at 1000% by mastering inner strength and self-love. She's an energetic and passionate advocate for women's empowerment. She is incredibly accomplished. She has toured the world as a singer, has a master's degree in educational leadership, has coached more than 50,000 people worldwide in confidence and self-worth through performing arts. Please welcome the CEO for Rise Up For You, Natalina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Very much a pleasure. Thank you. I am so glad you're here. I would love for you to share your your hero's journey and how, how you found yourself in the position that you're in today. Shorter, long version. <laughs> we'll do the short um, version. I have so many questions for you. I think you're... Okay. So. I'll condense the best I can. So um, as you mentioned, I used to tour the world as a, as a performer. So the first career that I stepped into was as a singer. Um, I was a part of an incredible organization called the Young Americans. And we toured the world, performing arts group, empowering people through the tool of music. Um, and every time I went on tour, I always found that I was, I would say the lead female vocalist. Um, but I never had the best voice on tour as a female singer. There was always women that sang better than me or that had better training than me, but I was always front and center. Um, and these women used to come up to me quite a bit and ask me, you know, how do I be you? How do I do that? And my response was everything you need is already inside of you. You know, the only difference between myself and you was in fact, my confidence confidence and the way that I showed up. I believed that I deserved to stand center stage. I believed that I deserved, you know, to be that lead female singer. And so I showed up that way and I presented myself that way. Um, and I noticed that with a lot of women that I worked with, you know, I was singing for, you know, eight to 10 years that that was their number one enemy that they got in their own way. When I got tired of performing, I came back home to California, which is where I reside, and I actually became an executive of a corporation. And there was a staff of about 150 under me, and I was directly managing 35, um, and female and female and males. And even in that industry, I saw the same thing happening. 
which is women that were getting in their own way and stopping themselves from professionally taking the the next step, stopping themselves um, personally. And um, they were really, they were really down on themselves and they had a hard time performing. And Mm. I mean, I spent more time mentoring the women that were the colleagues and employees than I did actually doing my job as an executive, you know, with the task and responsibilities that I had. And when I was ready to move on and I had to, you know, hire new positions, I, I actually handed my job to a female and was like, I think that you would be great, a great fit for this role. And she denied me, not because she didn't have the skill or technique, but because she didn't believe that she can do it. Uh-huh. And the male came by and swooped up that position instantly. And I'm sure you guys have heard the statistic from Hewitt and Packard that a man will apply for a job when they only have 60% of the knowledge and a woman won't apply until they have a hundred percent. So that's a D minus in comparison to an A plus. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I never really understood this, this mindset and this mentality. I was raised to love myself, to be confident. I came from, you know, two incredible parents, a loving background. And so for me, this idea of, you know, getting in your own way and not putting your best foot forward was very foreign to me. So by the time I was 27, 28 years old, I had traveled the world as a performer. I was an executive making over six figures at a house on the lake, a, you know, beautiful brand new car, everything, you know, ocean toys, all those things that you wanted. Um, and the last thing that, that I really wanted, which was love, came into my life. And I had this beautiful man ask me to marry him. And uh, not only did he ask me to marry him, but he asked me to move out of the country for him. So I decided to take that leap because, you know, I understood that you make the career, the career doesn't make you. So I resigned from the job and I sold all of my belongings and I went to a different country with only three luggage. And within three weeks, my husband on the first day of our honeymoon looked at me and said that he didn't want to be married anymore. So after three weeks, um, we got a divorce and I lost everything. And only in less than a month, I lost everything. So I got back on a plane and I just remember crying and crying and crying. And I was so confused and I was hurt and I was embarrassed as a woman. I had went from, you know, feeling up here um, to having nothing. I had like $200 in my account when I was sitting on the airplane, like my accounts were washed. I didn't have a job, sold my car, didn't have a home. Um, and if it wasn't for my family living in California, then I would have, I would have. So I just remember crying on that plane and thinking, what, what's next? What, what do I do? And, you know, this epiphany kind of hit me and it was like, you know what, you need to, you need to do this for you. You need to rise up for you. No one's going to knock on the door and give you everything back. You know, it's a very unfortunate circumstance, but you have two decisions to make. Either you're going to cry and be depressed and kind of sit in the slums of it all, or you're going to rise above and you're going to rise within and take yourself back to where you need to be. And Instantly in that moment, that, that phrase rise up for you came into my head. And so I got back home and that's exactly what I started to do. I started to build the company rise up for you, which educates, empowers and connects women. And the reason why I found this to be important is because I, as a professional woman who considered myself to be very successful, thought if I can be in this position 
It doesn't matter how much money you make, what education you have. You know, I have three degrees. It does not matter. What matters is that this can happen to anyone and that as women, we can find ourselves in these really troubling situations where our confidence, our self-worth is is diminished and we feel like we can't rise and, and get to that next step. So I started building a company, which again, empowers, educates women all women, doesn't matter what your career is, what income you have, in becoming your best self. Because when I came back, I realized that everything that was important in life, we call it the six pillars, rise up for you. We talk about the six pillars, was diminished. So the first thing is the relationships. Because I was an executive and I was working 13 to 14 hours a day, and many of you that are executives understand that, my tribe, my community had fallen apart because I didn't have time for them. You know, my, my income and my money was diminished moving to a different country. Um, my entrepreneurship, my career was gone because I resigned. Um, my health was suffering because I was stressed and heartbroken. And of course, love, which is romance, had just fallen apart. So every pillar that affects us as humans for me at that time was completely at rock bottom, except for one, which I considered the most important pillar and that's self-worth. That was the only pillar for me that was still intact and, and helped me rise above to start making and building my life again and taking myself to the next step. And that is really, really important that if you have confidence and love for yourself, does it matter what happens in your life? You can rise above it. Mm. Wow. That's an incredible story. So why, why do you think that a lot of women get in their own way? How does that happen? Well, there's a lot of things um, that research has proven why men are different from women. The first thing is, is that women have um, very much so perfectionist mindset. So we, we believe that we can't move forward or we can't take risk or go for things unless we really have a full picture of what that is. Mm-hmm. Men don't think that way, right? So, so let's talk about the professional world for right now. You know, when men want something or they go after something, they don't think in their mind, I have to know it all right now. Okay. They just know that this is what I want and I'll work towards it and do whatever it takes to get that. Women think a little bit different. It's like, we see what we want, but if we don't think that we have all the tools and skills, then we just back away and we don't go for it. And we actually need to stop doing that because that's how we get into our own way. You know, we need to be confident in ourselves enough to say, you know what? I don't know all the answers and I don't have all of the skills yet, but I know that I'll be able to figure it out and I could take the time to work on it and to build that skill. And we don't allow ourselves that grace period of learning. Mm-mm. That's, I, I, I read a book a couple of, Oh, it was the lean in. Yeah. It was lean in. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and that like really spoke to me and I thought, Oh my goodness, this is, and I, I was in a Nia, a Nia intensive with a, with a friend and she said, you know, you just need to believe in what you're saying. And I was like, I can't do that. And she's like, you need to read this book. And I did. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So so what are some... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the other thing is, is that women, we hold on to um, experiences longer and more deep than males do. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, your confidence and your self-love is affected through your life, through your journey. You know, when we are born, when we're children, we are not born, you know, hating ourselves and having low confidence. In fact, children are the complete opposite. Do you have any children? You do have children. Oh my goodness. I'm a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that, you know, when you had your child and, and, and when you see these beautiful children running around, they do whatever they want. They're so confident. They go for it. They take risks. It's not until we get old. Yeah, up to a point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not until we get older that now, like everything that our teachers said and our parents said, and friends and bullies and peers, all those all those beliefs start to be put on to us, where we start to get less and less and less and less confident. And as women, we hold on to those um, we hold on to those beliefs that are given to us from other people more than do. So you know. If we go through a divorce, if we go through a breakup, if somebody says that our hair doesn't look good, those things stick with us as women. And so they slowly bring us down, bring us down, bring us down. And now the next time we want to get into a relationship, we have that X that's like, you're not worthy of a relationship. All of those things come to the forefront and get in our way and diminish our self-love. And we have to learn how to work through it and break that negative self-talk that's been imposed on us. Yeah. So, so do you know, do you have, have some tips, some tricks that, that you use with your clients to help them bust out? Yeah. Yeah, of course. The first one is the most difficult and I always give the most difficult exercise because it takes a lot of inner work and, and a lot of times people are like, well, I just want to build the confidence because they see the shiny thing in front. They see the car, they see they they just want it right away. And it doesn't really work that way. So in building your confidence, the most difficult practice that we need to start doing instantly is reverse engineering. Um, and everything that I do, I relate to the performing arts because it's very, it's very, very similar. You know, it's very vulnerable to stand on stage as one person and sing in front of an audience of thousands and hope that they receive your message and they like you and that, you know what I mean? You're delivering. So you learn a lot through that. So reverse engineering, also known as character analysis. And basically what that means is you have to relearn who you are the core of you. See, Mm -hmm. right now, all of us are walking around with big backpacks full of other people's thoughts and beliefs. And we think they're our own and they're not. Okay. But they've been camouflaged as our own and we need to get rid of them. So we need to, just like an onion, we need to start peeling back each layer of who we are and getting back to the core of us. So what that means is that we need to start looking and facing our doubts. Okay. That negative stuff talks in our head. Every time we have it, we need to catch it. We need to write it down. And now we need to reverse engineer and ask ourselves, why do I feel that way? And where did it come from? Every thought that we have comes from somewhere. Okay. So I'll give you a perfect example. I had a client and um, she runs her own company. And she said to me, I I don't want to, I don't want to be a speaker. I never want to be up in front speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a this is a problem when you run your own company because you're the face of your company. You got to get up. You have to represent. You have to speak. Um, and she she didn't want to. So of course now we need to re- reverse engineer what is what is it about speaking that frightened you so much besides the fact that it's the number one thing that people are scared of in the countries the fear of speaking. Why are you afraid of it? 
And she was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, what about speaking? Like when you hear that word, you know, to speak up in front, what happens to you? And she's like, all I can tell you is that when I was 16 years old and I was doing a project and high school, my teacher laughed at me, told me to sit down and the whole class laughed at me. And she goes, and I haven't spoken since then. And instantly her brain went ding, 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 Uh, ding, ding, ding. So she said, because we correlate to our feelings. So mm-hmm. she correlated speaking right to the feeling that she had when she was put down, when she was up in front of the class speaking. Mm-hmm. So now she has this fear that she's, that she'll be laughed at, that she'll never be good enough when she's up front. But see, she had to reverse engineer where this idea and where this thought came from. And once you're able to reverse engineer why it's there and where it came from, then you can, now you can start to accept it and release it. See, because that's not her belief. That was her teacher's belief, right? Her teacher is the one that projected this negative feeling onto her. And now she carried it for 15 plus years. She's in her thirties now. And this happened when she was 16, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so that is a really important component is reverse engineering all of those negative thoughts. The tricky part is catching the negative thoughts right? Because sometimes we don't even realize that, that we're subconsciously thinking things that are holding us back. Mm-hmm. And so another practice that I like to do is with your phone, because the majority of us carry it around every time, you know, when you feel like when you say something negative or when you think something negative, I just want you to put a little slash in your cell phone, like in, in a note, in one of the notes, just put a little slash. Okay. So anytime something negative pops in your head or you have a, a doubt about yourself or you pull yourself back, put a little slash. And every time you do something positive for yourself, like, you know, like say I can do it or do words of affirmation, erase the slash. And at the end of the day, I want you to count how many slashes you have. If you have 150 slashes, that means that over 150 times you had negative self-talk and you pulled yourself back. And your goal is slowly to get that number more and more and more and more and more minimized so that we have maybe only 10 or five, you know, thoughts a day. Such good stuff. I love it. Um, so, so, so you talked about like the fear of speaking. That's something that a lot of people have, and we could probably all relate to, to that woman's story and being laughed at and it's horrible. Um, so I'm thinking about the opposite. How can we help each other, each other, uh, gain confidence and, and become and stay empowered? So that's a tough question because a lot of times, part of the reason why we lack the confidence specifically for women is because we can be very judgmental towards one another. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we as women have to learn how to release that judgment on other women and be the person that's like, Hey, I'm here for you. I support you because then that opens the door for us all to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times right now, it's hard for women to be vulnerable with other women, unless they're your best friend that you've grown up with for years and years and years and years and years. But I want you guys to think back, you know, and Tony, you've probably been in this situation when you walk into like a conference or a seminar or a networking event or 
for a workshop, I notice specifically because I'm very observant with women and men that women have a hard time like going up to other women at these events. They feel like they might be judged or that they're being singled out or that they're talking or that they're competing with one another. It's, it's, it's easier for a woman to walk up to a man because they feel less threatened. And we need to, we need to break that. We, and the only way we're going to do that is if we start showing up with love. And that is confidence. Confidence is showing up with love and openness and being able to say, hi, how are you? You know, what's your name? What brings you here today? Tell me about yourself. And really showing that sense of support. That's how confidence builds and lifting people up too. When somebody makes a mistake, you know, specifically a woman, when, when they make a mistake saying, that's cool. Like I, I make mistakes too. That support and that showing up with love for both genders is is pivotal for women to increase their confidence. Mm, absolutely. I love it. And I know I love have the idea of just having like a Facebook group. We have our, our Facebook tribe of, of, of women. There's a couple men in there as well, but, but it's a great place to support one another and throughout these journeys and that we're going through. So yeah. Thank yeah. You. you know, we get caught in the comparison game. We get caught in the comparison game and, and women do this a little bit more than men. Mm-hmm. We are friends and what they're doing. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, what's wrong with me? How come I'm not doing that? And we have to, we have to put ourselves in check politely and remind ourselves that everybody moves at their own pace. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what we see is never the full picture. So the comparing ourselves is, is a very unhealthy practice that we tend to do, especially today with social media. You know, we see, and I, and I work through this with my clients, you know, we see, you know, well, my friend is online and she just posted that she bought a new Louis Vuitton bag. It's like, what's the subtext behind that? What's the for all, you know, she's in debt because she bought that bag. Like we have no idea. So comparing, you know, comparing yourself to those benchmarks, it can, it could be detrimental. So just showing up with love and honoring yourself and the pace that you work, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Mm, I love that. So I have a question. I know that you've been, you've worked with women all throughout the world, which is something that I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. So, <laughs> and so I, the, the question that I have is like, how, how, how do they com- not, not compare, but, but what's it like to work with the different populations of women and are the mindsets pretty much the same throughout the world? Yeah. So I, Yeah. So I work with a lot of women and I also work with a lot of youth Mm -hmm. globally. Mm -hmm. Um, And we find that they have like, we're all the same. Human beings are all the same. Circumstances are different, meaning that things are heightened in different levels. Right. So Mm -hmm. obviously I'm a Middle Eastern woman. Okay. So there might be things that as a culture I'm dealing with that are a little bit different from somebody that is born in America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are the slight differences that we see. But at the end of the day, we all struggle through the same self-doubt. We all struggle through not feeling good enough, the perfectionist mindset. All of those characteristics are the same. Some are just more heightened in different parts of the world. And truthfully, that's what it is. In Japan, we find that they're a little bit more reserved, a lot more reserved, actually. Um, and they have a hard time expressing their feeling and speaking up. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, in the Middle East, we find that um, specifically where I'm from, you know, we're very, very passionate people and we're beautiful people, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're, we live in a community where 
Um, it's hard to be vulnerable and it's hard to, when something happens, it's like, we have to hide it. Right. I mean, and we deal with that here in America too. Like whenever we have a problem or an issue, it's like, we just kind of like shove it down to the bottom and we pretend that it doesn't exist and we try not to talk about it. And that does a lot of damage. And that, and that's a big thing for Middle Eastern women specifically is that we always try to pretend that everything is great. And we have a hard time just saying, you know what, I'm struggling right now. Things are, things in my life aren't going well. And this is the way that I feel because of fear of judgment and, you know, not being good enough and, you know, family values and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm thinking about like the fear piece and, and being vulnerable. How important is it to, to respect that, that part of, of just being human, really being vulnerable in your community? So you're saying how important it is to show vulnerability or yeah. respect the, when someone is having a hard time to show yeah. vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Here's the thing is that vulnerability makes you who you are, right? And if we didn't have that vulnerable piece, then I feel like we would all be walking robots, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's great. Everything's great. And the only way you're really going to be able to connect with somebody on a deep level is to be relatable. And relatability is being vulnerable, Right. And so that's a really important component to building relationships. It's an important component to being confident because when you're able to get in touch with your vulnerable side, then you're accepting all of the other pieces of you, not just the strong piece, not just the bold piece, not just like the beautiful piece, but all of the pieces that are like, you know what, this is how I'm feeling today. Or, you know, that really hurt my feelings. All of those things are all different layers of you. And, you know, and there's this big debate about happiness too, right? Which goes along with vulnerability is that we went through a period where everyone's like, just be happy. And we see it on social media sometimes too, like be positive, be this, be that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and that's actually not healthy. And they just did a ton of research at the Hebrew university um, in Israel that shows that when you do that, that has more of a negative impact on you because you're not allowing yourself to be authentic and true in how you really feel. You're not allowing yourself to say, today was a crappy day and I feel a little bit defeated. Okay. You're not allowing yourself to, to be, to have real conversations with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy to be like, everything's great. Everything's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good. When that's not the case. Now, it's also not healthy to sit in a slump for weeks and months at a time. You just have to find that balance. Mm -hmm. So vulnerability is a big component and it's a a big piece. And I think we have to ask ourselves, what do we look for in other people? Mm -hmm. We always forget that. So like when we build friendships and when we build relationships, we want to be around the people that are relatable, that are vulnerable, that are open, that are kind. So if we want that, then in turn, we also have to give that. And a lot of times we want that, but we're not ready to give it. And it can't be that way. We have to be able to give and receive simultaneously. That is so important. That's huge. Awesome. So we're, our time is, is coming to a close, but I know that you have a special gift for our viewers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, you know, as I mentioned before, Rise Up For You, the company that I founded, we empower, educate, connect women. We focus on six pillars because we believe it's really important to work on the whole woman. So not just the woman with health, not just the women in entrepreneurship or their career, but every aspect that really makes you who you are. Um, The most important pillar out of those six pillars is self-worth. 
So today we want to offer you guys the free gift. You can go to our website and you, I believe you have the link that you'll drop in and we're offering a free confidence toolbox. It's a full toolbox full of confidence tips, techniques, practices, eBooks. I mean, I think there's like 10 to 15 different exercises and books in that in the toolbox that you guys will get strictly on helping with self-worth and confidence. And we're giving it absolutely free to you guys. So all you have to do is click on the link that Tony gives you guys, and then you're set to go. Yes. It'll be right below this, this video. Thank you. This is great. Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with before we go today? You know, my favorite is the motto that I created for the company and that's rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Mm. This has been so much fun. Thank you. I'm already feeling a little bit more powerful myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and pass it on to your friends and family. You know, the podcast is just one way that we reach our community members. If you go to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you will see articles written from contributors from around the world, webinars, live events for you to attend. But, you know, we also have a huge online resource center full of information that you can access absolutely free. And you know, one of my favorite sections is the Unstoppable Confidence Toolbox that's full of practices and ways to help you build confidence so that you can overcome any doubt that's consistently getting in your way. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's PDFs, there's articles, there's exercises, there's so much for you to take hold of and really help you get to the next step. The cool thing is, is we have programs, trainings, and live coaching calls that are happening all year long, special for our members. So if you're looking for more and you really want to connect with like-minded women like yourself, then you definitely want to check out our membership and all of the benefits that we have to offer here at Rise Up For You. And lastly, if you haven't already, we would really love to hear from you and know how we're doing. Head over to iTunes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and let us know how we're doing. Rate us, review us, so that we can be better and rise up with you. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow.